Hi, I'm Hannah Sparrow. As a behavior analyst, I'm here to connect the science of behavior to everyday life. Join me as I reveal the secrets of why we do what we do and give you tools for how to change habits. Welcome back. We're going to talk some more about the ABA system for the autistics. So the last two episodes, we have talked about the problems with the climate of ABA. We've talked about what are some barriers for clinicians to be looking at. And I think self-reflection is really, really big because our system hasn't gotten to where it's at like overnight or by accident. It's just happened over a long period of time with multiple actions from multiple clinicians. So you might want to even ask, does anyone even want to fix it? Well, I've been networking a lot and trying to connect with a lot of people all across the U.S. and outside of the US even. And I have found in general, people will say, yeah, there's a problem with the system. Something needs to change. And they'll say, I'm on board for whatever the change is. Just, I want to be part of it. And I'm finding that on an individual level. I haven't looked at it in the large corporations yet in large numbers. Cause when you're networking, sometimes you got to start with the individuals. <laughs> But does anyone want to fix it? Yeah, I think people want change, but to actually make this massive of a change is really big. And it's a really big thing to tackle. And it's kind of like when you're wanting to make a cultural shift or, or it's really big because there's services all over the world. But I think the first thing is to create that awareness. I still keep thinking about how the autistic community spoke up and said, you're causing us trauma with ABA treatment and how a big wig in the field put out research saying, no, we cause no harm. And you can't not cause someone, you can't guarantee that ever in any relationship of any level that you will not cause harm even on accident. That's what we're human. We have misunderstandings. But I hear individuals, again, keep saying, I want to be part of the change, but nobody has any solutions yet. And I think what you need to have is more of a collective understanding of what the big gaps are and what are the things we could tackle first. For example, I'm looking at how can I change the system in the sense of providing treatment that includes empathy, but fills in the holes of what nobody else is doing. So let's say you're a parent on the wait list, or you have an adolescent who can no longer access early intervention, or you're an adult and you're like, hey, I think I'm on the spectrum. I cannot get a diagnosis. I still want something. Nobody's helping any of those people. And if they are, it's very rare and very small. And everything is kind of segregated into tiny little pockets of local, local things. It's like people are helping their neighbors in a sense and not helping the rest of the world. And here's a side note. I'm in Colorado which is the head it's got both large entities that run the field <laughs> and our state has some of the worst resources and some of the worst I don't know why the state got left behind I'm trying to figure that one out so let's say collectively we're able to figure out where the problems are and we're able to come up with a lot of different options because I don't think there's one solution. I think there's going to need to be multiple prongs to make this change because it's so big. You can't just say, oh, this one change fits everything. That's like saying with treatment, it has to be this one way. I think there's multiple things that need to be done. But then once we figure out what needs to be done, are we willing to go through the growing pains of change? 
no one really talks about it like that, especially from the behavioral perspective, but it's true. It's literal growing pains, meaning you have to change your own habits, but in order to change your own, you have to be aware that you're even doing them. And how do you change? There are some people that you can just offer them information and they change. Other people need to see someone else doing it in order to learn. Others, they basically need to run into a mental wall to realize, oh, chunk, I do need to change. <laughs> and then they're doing the work to figure out their skill deficits because it's, nobody has every single skill possible. We all have strengths and weaknesses. And realizing that our field as a whole, our weakness is empathy and our weakness is thinking outside the box in order to actually listen to people who actually want services and want supports instead of just coming in dogmatically and being like, you need to do it this way. You have to have a diagnosis. You have to this, you have to that. If you think that you might be on the spectrum and you might be autistic to some degree. So what do you do as an adult? There's no services. And it's not even about the diagnosis. It's more of like, like if you have an illness and you don't know why you're sick for many, many years, it, it would mess with your head. Cause you're like, what's wrong with me? Like, what the heck? I know like with my hearing deficit, I didn't realize how bad it was. And I thought I just kept doing things wrong. I'm like, I can't hear people. I gotta say what I, and I'd get afraid to answer. And like, it messes with your head. So if you don't, if you feel like, okay, something's off and I, I think I need some supports in some way, you can't even get them. Why are we not as a field collectively because just one person can come up with ideas, but this massive of a change, you need a bigger impact and you need to be willing to go through the changes. And I've talked to more than one person who's like, yeah, I'm down. I'm down for the changes, but don't tell my boss. I don't want to get fired or don't tell so-and-so or leave my name out of it or the funding agency. There's so much fear to step out. Like our field existed before all these restrictions and it's about helping people. And if the system isn't helping the people, why can't we help the people? and make that change. So yeah, I think people want the change. I think people are just afraid to say it out loud because they're afraid of what people think. And I'm like, well, I don't have anyone that's gonna fire me that, for saying this. <laughs> they do, I'll, I'll just go find more work. Yeah, terrifying. But no, I work with good people who put the humans first. And I think that's key is putting the people first, not the name of behavior analysis first. So again, do people wanna fix it? Yeah, how do we do it? different prongs. We're going to have to do different things, whether it's adding different options of treatment, whether it's changing some of the training and ongoing continuing education the BCBAs need, whether it's rules and regulations with contingencies, because as behavior analysts, we often look at, oh, just put an incentive in there. Just put the rule out there. People, you know, we're all good clinicians, quote unquote. We're all genuinely good people. Well, the things that you see in some work plans, <laughs> like, we're not filled with a, a world of people that do smart things. Uh, <laughs> like, there wouldn't be famous people talking about empathy if people would just have empathy and exhibit empathy in their actions. So the things that we need to add as a part of a support into our system may seem odd that, okay, I have to take this course on culture and empathy and kindness. Like I went and got CEUs listening to kindness. I'm like, this is great. In my head, I'm thinking, well, we're already doing this, right? And then I'm later realizing we're not. And that's why it exists. And that's why people are talking out about it. So once we have the plan and have the options and we're able to collaborate, which again, 
I think our field is very poor on collaboration, but I think that's part of it's the the structure of the system. Part of it's the personalities. Some of it is carryover from other work fields where there's a lot of competition, but there's so many people that actually want services and supports and maybe they don't need 40 hours. Maybe they literally just need someone they can call every two weeks and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Is there anything I can do different or you can support me in just to make my life better and a little easier? That's what the point of this work is. So yes, people want to fix it. We're just looking for ways to make it happen and then finding the ways to get through the growing pains down the road. Thanks for listening to Sparrow. Listen again on Mondays and Fridays for more Behavior Talk. And in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And you can follow me on my socials at Sparrow and HannahSparrow.org. But the most important is I would love to hear your messages because I want to hear what topics you want talked about. 